Hello, welcome to Sound Thinking. It's episode four. We're going to review some albums, most of which are being released on February 9th. I'm Marty Duda, uh, and along with me today we have Ronica Bell, who's going to talk about Pony Baby. Jeff Neems is here to uh, sing us the blues with Inslee Ellis, and Andra Jenkins is talking to Mean Jeans about their new album, Blaster. We're going to start off today with Veronica and Pony Baby, our local band. So who is this Pony Baby, Veronica? Uh, so Pony Baby is a duo made up of um, already quite a renowned New Zealand singer-songwriter um, called Jasmine Mary, and they have partnered up with um, Arahi Main. Bailey Fanga, who is also listed as a composer and a lyricist. And after listening to, so sorry, this album, which is their debut album called Pony Baby, um, was released on the 2nd of February, um, so not that long ago. And uh, what I find quite interesting through the whole album itself is that both Jasmine and Arahi are, are listed as, you know, the composers, the lyricists and the producers as well. So that's quite cool to uh, know that the project itself was very much them uh, together, working together. So um, the listen itself was definitely very thought provoking. It was an album where by the end of it, I sort of felt like I needed to sit in silence for a little while and and ponder my thoughts. Uh, It was different to what I was expecting, to be honest, because what I find with Jasmine's um, solo work, there's a lot more effects production wise there's a lot more done to the vocals and not necessarily you know super auto-tune or anything like that not not at all but there seems to be a lot more depth in the vocals with the use of things like reverb um a little bit of side chaining there as well so when I was listening to Pony Baby I kind of had this predisposed idea of of what I was expecting Pony Baby itself the, the which is the title track when it started playing I immediately thought oh Angus and Julia Stone vibes for sure um and I sort of really enjoyed how it was not only it was a it was a mixture between singing and and speaking in pitch at the same time so it felt very authentic it felt very real like you were in the room with them and they were just playing for you um then it, as it kind of went on um and so I, I, firstly let's listen to pony baby all right we'll give it a spin Baby, 
with the, the title track. And the reason why I wanted to play the first track was to show you the, the stark contrast, in my personal opinion, between track number one and number four. And number four, knowing it's sort of... Uh, features a bit more of Arahi's voice. It's a little bit more country southern drawl. Think, think Johnny Cash kind of, but maybe like less smoking and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, you know, it, it didn't have that like gravelly kind of thing, but it kind of had the sound of drawl, you know, kind of thing. Which again, I, I, I like in small doses, you know, and so I think this album being just short of half an hour was actually perfect, especially for a de- debut. It's only perfect seven debut. tracks, right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So, so relatively short. Um, but I think my favorite track of the album is actually Steady Like a Train. So let's give that a listen now. But I'll keep on rambling where this wind will blow. These words I'll remember everywhere I go. Well, I'm steady like a train, I'm shot like a razor, lonely head love with a whiskey and a chase. My old man said to know where you're at, you need a two dollar pistol and a place to lay your hat. All right, that's steady like a train from uh, Pony Baby, a little more electric guitar on that one I noticed. yeah a little bit more electric guitar and perhaps I found it the most enjoyable because of that element because it was a, it was such a stark contrast in time well not necessarily in time signature but definitely BPM in comparison to the rest of the album um I felt like the lyrics themselves were a little bit more thought out a little bit more poetic this um you know sort of relationship likened to you know a train that may or may not be burning going in the right direction or may not be going in the right direction but it's going in some direction because you can hear it in the rhythm very very clearly um and you know by by the sort of the end of it this town it's sort of like if i if i can describe it like a really really long peak up so an album the way that i like to listen to it is sort of it goes in peaks and troughs right this particular album went sort of in a steady incline up to steady like a train and then suddenly dropped off into this town and I found it fascinating in the sense of was this a stylistic choice to describe the feeling of falling in love the feeling of ambiguity the feeling of loss and longing and you know maybe maybe a little bit of infidelity in there I kind of got that vibe too um, so this town kind of was an interesting choice to end the album on. I felt like it's sort of after having this big crash bang fireworks fanfare of steady like a train, this town is almost like an introspective look into the story that has been created throughout the album from an outsider's perspective. Like you're about to open a book and start reading it. So I, I have a bit of mixed reviews, to be honest. Okay. It's not that it's a bad album. Um, it didn't blow you away. It didn't blow me away. I'm so sad to say that. <laughs> That's all right. Well, they can't all be, you know, Abby Close to, close to, close to, close to God. Close to, close to, close to, close to God. 
Jeff, did you give it a spin? Did, did you have any thoughts? Uh, no, I, I didn't, but I am familiar with the artist's work. It, it, it's okay. I mean, I think Veronica's review there has been pretty honest and pretty fair. Um, I personally wouldn't seek it out, but I'm sure uh, Jasmine has an audience that uh, relates very strongly yep. to their music, and that's the most important yeah. thing for music. Uh, I like Jasmine's album Dog that came out last year. I thought that was one of your highlights. Mm. So, uh, But yeah... I saw them when they did their debut show at the wine cellar last May, and I had the same feeling. I, I felt like the songs just weren't quite fully cooked yet, but maybe that's still what's... Uh, Andra, do you have any thoughts? Sure. Well, I would say um, Pony Baby sounded to me in parts like Marty Meets Country, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, what a good explanation. Is that Marty yeah. Meets Country or Marty Meets Country? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I started in the country, so... <laughs> It was, it was like and we let you stay. <laughs> I grew up in the country. <laughs> it was kind of romantic and kind of wistful, but yeah, definitely like that 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 steel guitar element came through. And I sort of thought, is that like there was almost a theme this this week of steel guitar and country and yep. you know with it's coming back. Know, pedal steel, you gotta love it. It is, it is coming back. So so Pony Baby gets. Uh, I mean, it's nice to see them trying different things, but uh, I I think. Uh, Maybe they're stretching it a little too far. I, I believe they're, they've described them, they, their own relationship. They're flatmates. Uh, uh, yes. So I don't know. Live on a any, beach. Speculate any further than that, but uh, I think they do a lot of writing at home together. So. Yes, by the beach in a sort of uh, sleepy little seaside town right. somewhere I read in an interview yep, or, yep. or somewhere on, online. All right. Okay, well, uh, let's move on. What is next? We're going to go to Jeff, and we're going to talk about Tinsley Ellis, he's got a new album called Naked Truth on Alligator Records. Hit it, Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Marty. Might just talk about Alligator Records first. Sure, yeah. So um, a label I am familiar with and a real powerhouse of the blues scene uh, based in, in Chicago, Illinois, has been chugging away for probably 50, 60 years releasing blues albums. But also, um, uh, to, more to my taste, had a uh, brief flirtation with reissuing uh, some reggae records, oh, really? uh, now defunct, <laughs> but um, perhaps a, a demonstration there that the, the good folks running Alligator Records are prepared to go outside their usual uh, repertoire, which is a, a nice segue really to, to my view on the Tinsley Ellis album. This is outside my usual musical repertoire. Okay. I listen to a lot of uh, what could be loosely termed uh, uh, Black American or, or, or American ghetto music. You know, I listen to a lot of rap music, I listen to a lot of jazz, soul, mm-hmm. funk. But blues is a is a is a genre I've never fully explored. Uh, not because mm-hmm. I don't like it, but more because there's only so much bandwidth in, in my music listening time. Um, but Tinsley is a veteran. He has put out uh, something like twenty three albums in a forty year career, and a glimpse oh, at his wow. discography uh, on Wikipedia suggests that he basically cranks one out every uh, two or three years, which to me shows an artist who is uh, very hardworking and very committed and highly productive. And I, I certainly admire. The those traits. Uh, one of my great frustrations 
is great artists who don't produce enough material and uh, but that's probably mm. a discussion for another time so big shout out to tinsley for um for sticking at it really during what i imagine has been an up and down uh type of career uh naked truth mm. uh is a really nice record i must say uh it, by all accounts this is his first fully acoustic record uh he's generally been an, uh, an electric artist or a support player on other people's albums so um this uh, slots nicely into what i would what i would consider the sort of americana broader genre of music he doesn't mm-hmm. stick specifically to blues here he does some nice sort of folky acoustic numbers he does he does a couple of uh quite quite rocky numbers and it's actually the up-tempo cuts that uh really uh really do appeal to me uh with uh, a lot of blues musicians there are the, the lyrics are very much tales of woe of heartbreak uh, of drinking, of, of relationship frustrations. And to be honest, uh, Tinsley nails all of those themes on this album. Uh, I think I wrote here in the review that I'm sure you'll publish later this week, Matty, that there are a couple of tunes here that feel like he's uh, got the radio turned on while he's doing a crusty moonshine run uh, through somewhere <laughs> in the southern states. All right. Uh, and and, 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 and I, I like a drink, and moonshine, not really my thing, but right. I could really? relate to it. But because he's a storyteller. Yeah. All right. So do we have? Yeah, a, maybe, maybe. But so do we have a song yeah. we can uh, give a taste to? Yeah. Well, the, the ones I liked actually, I like the instrumentals, which okay. really his uh, his his musicianship really comes to the fore, as you might expect. So Alcovy Breakdown is with Alyssa uh, Matty. He really he really excels on that one. Honed musician. It's it's you know very clear that this man has been doing this for a very long time, uh, and it's very it's a very nicely produced album. It's very slick. It's very it's it's very good headphone listening music. And um, I'm not likely to rush out and buy Tinsley's back catalogue on the basis of um, this particular album. But what I would say is, if he came to New Zealand, I would make an effort to go because I think these songs would replicate really, really well live in the same way uh, as perhaps the Jay Maskus solo acoustic uh, album would from my last appearance right. uh, on Sound Thinking Podcast. Um, what I also like about this is that he's very authentic. He's very real. He's yep. not clearly not trying to be something that he isn't. He's not perhaps trying to reach a new audience or convert anyone to his music. He's just keeping it very real for what he does. And as I touched on there with our Covey breakdown, he really is a, a great musician. I love the fact that he does a couple of blues standard covers. Yep. Um, and for, for me, someone who doesn't really listen to a lot of blues music and doesn't have a lot of reference points for blues music, um, this was a really nice introduction to, to Tinsley's material. Cool. And um, I think I think the man deserves a lot of credit. I mean, I, I admire Alligator Records for sticking with him through what has been a long um, career and um yeah i he, he's well worth the listen he's a storyteller with a with a great craft behind his musicianship uh and it's a it's a it's a simple uh i don't want i don't want to say plain album because that's unfair to tinsley but it's a it's a it's a very simple uh basic uh album that really lets the music and uh, the musician's quality speak for right, itself so- it's not overproduced and 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 he's not you know trying to do he's not trying to do too much okay so should we hear one where he's singing what would you like? Yeah, go a gr- grown ass man is a cracker actually. Okay, yeah, that's, that's one of the up tempo stompers. All right, let's check that one out. 
Now here's my proclamation I bid you find for will No, it may break your heart But only time will tell Oh, it's sad, but it's true So sorry it's hurting you Oh, you just can't stand Serious love from a grown-ass man All right, we're back uh, finishing up with Tinsley Ellis. You know, the one I liked was uh, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, which is the one before. That was a pretty good one as well. Uh, uh, Do you have anything to add or shall we uh, take it to the panel? Oh, I just would. I just would say that you know he 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 ticks a lot of the boxes. He's 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 crafty. He's experienced. He's very as I say. He's very authentic. Uh, he has a really nice voice and he has a nice range. And I think one of the standout features of this album is that he does not fall into a rut. There's right. a couple of up tempo stompers. There's some nice acoustic ones. And as I said, there's a couple of instrumentals where um, he really shows his craft. So yeah, thumbs up for Tinsley. I dug it. And you know, at sixty six, he's still going strong, and I admire that. And and let's face it, blues have been around a while, and it- it's not the newest art form, and there's not a lot of wiggle room there, maybe. Yeah. I th- he still makes it sound pretty fresh. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Yeah, not bad. Totally agree, Marty. Yeah. Uh, now, let's see. Uh, Andra, do you have anything to say? I think of all the artists today listening to, Tin- Tinsley Ellis did it best. Uh, I-, I think he- he's done it for the longest, and um, he he knows what he's talking about. And I, I think there's-, there's something to me about blues you have to have lived through some things to to really get it and sing it in a way that um, that means something and that you can you can kind of mm. feel the emotion and it almost by osmosis that you know you've you've got to feel that kind of pain. There's got to be some pain in there for it to be the blues. It's it's the ghetto music thing, I think, Andrea. Like, uh, uh, um, again, my taste's coming through here, but music of poverty and um, social struggle is always the best for me, and and I feel like. Uh, Tinsley, I, I feel like, hey, I got the best album to review this time around. But I feel like Tinsley, as as Andrew has just said, he's overcome some struggles in his life to keep producing music, and that is a great quality. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and some of it, like Death Letter Blues, like had this echoey quality. It sounded like the studio was deliberately lacking sound diffusion to make a bar or a tavern over a high production studio. Like there was just some really, it was some so simple. Well, but that's an old Sun House song. Do you know who Sun House was? Mm-hmm. He was this oh this early blues man, kind of a contemporary Robert Johnson back in the 30s. And then he disappeared and nobody knew what happened to him. And guess where he showed up? He showed up in Rochester, New York, where I was in the 1960s and got rediscovered. And I went to, a, I still don't know, but I like to think there was a guy in my, uh, in my class in high school. His name was Ron House. And he was... He, he, and I, I like to think that he he was probably related to Sunhouse. So, <laughs> yeah. But he was like this great rediscovery that came out in the late 60s, and suddenly they started recording again. So, Because uh, was Robert the one that um, there was? Crossroads. Ro- Robert, 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 Robert Johnson is the man in the crossroads who sold his soul to yeah. the devil, allegedly. Yeah. Both him and Tommy um, Johnson. Yep. Well, there, were, there were two. There's a Tommy that, Johnson, that too, had- yep. But it, we, I think it's Eric Clapton really did sell his soul to the devil. But that's my own thought. Big triangles Thank everywhere. And <laughs> hasn't Eric Clapton hasn't Eric Clapton disappeared down some conspiracy rabbit Yeah, yeah, oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's 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 gone. Oh, him and Van Morrison together traveling down the 
strangely yellow brick road to wherever it is, oblivion. <laughs> oh, that Marty, you know. Uh, Veronica, how, how are you? What's your relationship with the blues? <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know if you guys know, but I have a, an honors degree in performance jazz. So I heard a lot of um, jazz influences in there and in his melodic patterns. Oh. Uh, he kind of reminded me a little bit of Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, in in a way, but yeah, I mean, I I, li- I like the blues. You know, it's okay. it's sort of something that you can put on in the in the background that's a little bit in- inoffensive. Um, yeah, I, it's some it's something my dad would listen to, so I have to introduce him to this artist. But yeah, I I, I really liked it. I liked it better than the Pony Baby. One. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so uh, hopefully Pony Baby won't take offense. Uh, just be inspired. Uh, honesty is <laughs> honesty is important, Veronica. Honesty is important. All right. So that's uh, Tinsley Ellis singing the blues, Naked Truth. Okay, time to talk about Matt Joe Gao. Uh, he's got a, an album out called The Woodshed Sessions. Uh, Matt is a Kiwi artist who I believe was born in Auckland, raised in Dunedin, and now bases himself in Melbourne in Australia. And he comes and goes back and forth quite often. Uh, he's been up to the 13th floor a few times. I just saw him with Karen Fields uh, not too long ago. I believe it was at the uh, Wine Cellar. And uh, so the two of them have a new album coming out shortly. And he had an album out last year, um, which was was called Between Tonight and Tomorrow. And now he's got this record. So he's a busy cat. Uh, this record is acoustic versions of his older songs. So he's not writing all new material for this record, but it's, it's a pretty good listen. And what he's done is he's taken stuff like, well, the first single is a tune called Grand Ambition, which is taken from his first album uh, that came out, well, it was called Seven Years. Uh, oh no, it's not his first album, but it was called Seven Years, came out in 2016. And it's just, it was recorded allegedly uh, but just him, a guy named Andy Pollock on guitar and Katya Harrop on piano, the three of them live in the studio, supposedly in one take. Now, we don't know if we're, they were honest about that, but we'll, we'll, we like to think it is. So let's give uh, the uh, Grand Ambition a spin just to get an idea of what we're listening to here. Well, I ain't a man of grand ambition well, I ain't a man of Oh, my darling, to be near you, to be near you, that's enough. Okay, that's Matt Joe Gao and Grand Ambition uh, from his new album, The Woodshed Sessions. So... Uh, we're big Matt Joe Gao fans here at the 13th floor. I think he has an amazing voice and he's written some really good songs over the, the years. So it's nice to hear some of these songs again. Like I said, there's no r- real new tunes on here. I think six of the 10 tracks on this album are from his previous album, which was called Between Tonight and Tomorrow. And uh, But he's got a great stage presence. He's got a great look and he's got a great sound. And this album is, is you know stripped down so it focuses on his voice. Uh, there's some guitar, there's some piano, and Katya does some uh, harmony vocals with them. Uh, in fact, let's give one of those a, a shot so we can hear what Katya sounds like. Let's see, uh, maybe we'll play a tune called uh, Shipwreck, which is also from Between Tonight and Tomorrow, and Katya gets to sing a verse as well. It is
Okay, we're listening to Matt and Joe Gao and new album, The Woodshed Sessions. We're going to check out one more song. Uh, and like I said, Matt and Karen Fields have a new album coming out in, I think it's May, that they're working on now. And uh, that's I'm really looking forward to that. This is kind of a placeholder kind of album for Matt. But uh, even uh, that is good quality stuff for Matt. Uh, I thought we'd play one more track from the record just to give people an idea of what's going on here. Let's play Flowers in Your Hair, which is more of a duet with Katya. And uh, uh, this came, uh, it was released on a Kiwi Country compilation back in 2018. So this is a, a stripped down version of that. You may find it in the end. Try to hold it from the start. If it catch you unawares, oh, that is love. That is love. Right, so Matt Joe Gao, the Woodshed Sessions, and uh, I'm curious, uh, you guys, are you familiar with Matt? Well, we'll start with Veronica. Have you have you heard of him? No, uh, never never before until this listen. I really like what Jeff said before about like you know not having a lot of you know spare musical bandwidth it's it's sort of like you know there's so much music to consume it's hard to consume everything and unfortunately um there was a good two years where I exclusively listened to Taylor Swift so I <laughs> fantastic I think you want everybody uh, else so listen <laughs> I could do with some knowledge expansion and I, I really liked it you know it's it's something new it's not something I normally listen right. to um would I listen to it again? Yeah, it, it was cool. All right. I really enjoyed I should point it. out he has a band called The Dead Leaves, which uh, I think Andy, the I love the name. Is on that. So yeah, it's like yeah, it's like me on the inside. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Jeff. If you were in it, if, well, if you're in an album called The Dead Leaves, surely you should only release albums during autumn. Well, right? there you go. That would be the, that would be the logical time. Oh, I love time. that. You know, like the, mm. the autumn series, which you would span out over four or five years. Ooh. But back back to this um, release. Marty, it was okay. I, I I can see why people like it. It's you know to use a phrase that Veronica used earlier. It's inoffensive. Uh, for me, it was a, a little plain, a little obvious. Um, he mm. feels like he would play a, a, a small stage at an acoustic festival somewhere. Um, moderately interesting, but yeah. not not enough to engage me right to the end. And, and without mm-hmm. wanting to be harsh to Matt and the people who played on the records, I kind of felt like I'd heard it before. Okay, so, all right, yeah. Yeah. very good. Yeah. I, I'm a fan, so I'm going to stick up for yeah. it. And I'm like I said, looking yeah. forward to the next record. And 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 he need he needs people like you to champion this music. Maybe. <laughs> That's the, and I don't mean that the way that sounded. I don't mean that the way that sounded. <laughs> all right, are you sure? <laughs> oh man. And, yeah, yeah. And let's see if Andrew can tell us what she thinks. Mm-hmm. Give it to her. Yeah, I thought um, Gal was interesting. Like, 
I guess I'm old now. I can tell because every hit so- new song I hear sounds like an old song that I've already heard. Yeah, get used to you that. Know, at some point, <laughs> you've just got to admit that you've heard all of the sounds that have ever existed. And I guess this is why old people go deaf because they're like, you know what? I've heard it all before. I guess I'm done with listening now. Because, I mean, it sounded, there was a lot of, a lot of it sounded like the Counting Crows to me. She okay. talks to angels. That's not a bad thing. I like the crows. No, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just like, <laughs> a little derivative you know and i just wanted to you know it, it was it was obviously got steel guitar and country and yep, yep. you know it's, there was so like like tinsley but there was it was a fuller sound than tinsley but you know mm. to me tinsley was someone who's got the chops and has got the experience and although it's 12 bar blues and you know we've we've all heard 12 bar blues but done right you've got to have respect for the genre you know yep um and when someone with talent and experience like tinsley does it you can see the point you know and you can feel the emotion Mm. to it um so yeah although i like the sounds that that gal was making i i did i did feel like i'd heard them before and i was like oh that's that's counting crows or is he doing sort of almost springsteen in this bit is it you know like it, it sort of became an exercise of where have i heard this right yeah, and, and we'll just mm. jump in there. The, the Springsteen reference, Andrew, that's what struck me as well. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Bruce Springsteen, but I do respect him as an artist. And listening to Matt Joe Gow, it felt to me like he'd been heavily inspired by some of the Bruce Springsteen sort of acoustic folkier records. Uh, and and that mm. that really did come through on the listen. Alrighty. I'm glad you agree because mm-hmm. I thought I was going insane. Now, speaking of bands that sound like other artists, what about Mean Jeans? Gee, Meanie Crickets. <laughs> Yeah, what about Mean Jeans? You know, I, I would really love if if these guys haven't literally heard Mean Jeans. I would love it if you could literally play through the speakers this one time. Like, okay, I just the 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 song. Um, I don't give a shit. Even go ten seconds in. Let me see. Start what... ten seconds in. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, that's the song. I totally hear it. Yeah, I totally hear it. Yeah. Uh, I was like something bop. Yeah. 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 I mean, the Ramones. I mean, yeah. <laughs> now, oh, I suck. And when you're talking about when you're talking about punk, and they are punk. Yep. Um, and they know how to do punk. They're doing this fast-paced pop punk, you know, optimistic style, thrashy, fast, short songs. You know, they've they've got it all down. And they're tight and they sound good, but they sound good because they're playing the best punk, arguably the best punk band ever. Yeah, and that's Ramones. Not even and, arguably, in my opinion. I love the Ramones. Yeah, you can't, you can't <laughs> mess with them. You wear the Ramones t-shirt in the wrong place and someone, some dude will demand that you... Name three songs! <laughs> you know, you've got to list all of their songs and tell you what's on the liner notes from 1979, you know. And, like, I grew up, having to to demand respect with this sort of thing and i ramones i just wouldn't touch because you out yourself as not knowing quite enough about punk and these guys are playing brits creed bop yeah. 10 seconds into their first title track it's unforgivable i don't understand <laughs> so who are just, mean jeans tell us who the band is oh god uh, 
to be honest, I didn't go into the over. I didn't go into their bio or that sort of thing because okay. they are they. I I, we, I I actually reviewed a whole lot of other reviews to to find out whether I was insane and just hearing things. But <laughs> no, I'm getting. I got the, I got quotes. They stick closer than ever to the Ramones bl- blueprint. You know, there's strong Ramones influences. Yep. <laughs> Dying scene says to the untrained palate, it might all sound the same as Ramonesy garage punk song. And I'm like, yeah. Why should I have to train my palate so that I don't hear the Ramones? Yep. Like, yep. what? Yep. And and don't get me wrong, they are the no frills three chord slammers. They are optimistic pump pump, which punk, which is my favorite genre. There's there's elements of the buzzcocks in there. Right. Again, yep. love the buzzcocks. <laughs> but it feels like I can't discuss these songs without talking about the Ramones. Like, can, and, can I can I jump in quickly, Andrew? I, yeah. Just while while you've been talking, I took the time to Google them, and uh, the the about section that comes up on Google, it actually states they are known for their loud, humorous, fun loving songs and for their music's intentional resemblance to that of the Ramones. Oh, okay. They so, should have been sued. I don't. Well, I don't understand why they're not being sued. Like seriously, that was Brits Creek. But you can. Why not start a tribute band then? Yeah, exactly. And, and they did manage to fit there were fifteen it, it, songs into thirty-one minutes, and not, nothing is over three minutes. And one, a few of them are under a minute, so they got the, its style down. Okay, Veronica, what? I have a question. Yes. <laughs> so you know how Katy Perry lost the court battle to Dark Horse because it's in a D minor key. How come someone that massive can lose uh, a you know a big court case like that, and then another band can get away with this well, kind of the stuff? Like, not, where, where, speaking, where do you draw the line? Speaking, the album hasn't been released yet. Also, they're not very popular, so they're not Katy Perry or George Harrison who got sued for copying the chiffon. So they might get sued, though. Get sued. No, I, you, you know, I mean, CJ oh, the only one left, maybe. I think that's. Oh, he's possible. not even a real Ramon, real. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I agree with Andrew. I think it's more a case that what whatever the remnants are of the real Ramones probably can't be bothered with the energy or the cost of, yeah, yeah, of suing these so. guys for what is basically a total. Is that punk in itself then? Is that not the ethos of punk? I'm not giving a shit. (laughs) They clearly don't give a shit. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Like, I wonder. Like, was that someone say? I I honestly feel like I could hear them in band practice going, "Oh, that just sounds too close to Blitzkrieg Bop," and he's like, "I don't give a shit." And it's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes, I hear that too. So may I, su- may, may I suggest that we listen to another song, Break Up With You, because I thought that sounded like the Ramones, but when Phil Spector was producing them. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Give it a yeah. So what am I, what am I, what am I, I to do? I'm gonna break up with you. What am I, what am I, what am I, I'm supposed to do? I'm gonna break up with you. Okay, more from Mean Jeans. Veronica, uh, what are you thinking of all this? You're the musician here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's giving it's giving court case. It's giving <laughs> um it's giving Ramones from Wish. Yeah. It's giving not a lot. Um uh, it's giving kind of I don't know, I hate I, oh, I hate it when people so obviously blatantly 
it's not like some Joe Bloggs who's like a you know folk country singer who has like less than fifty thousand monthly listeners on 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 Spotify. It's like you're actively. Uh, intentionally as Jeff said trying to sound like the Ramones um did someone say at what point is it a tribute band because yes, I want to reiterate that yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 that's it it'd be fun to go and hang out and have a few beers and while they're playing would, in the background because it'd probably be like a Ramones show <laughs> yeah, that's I would, why I would love to hear them live I think that, that there's anthem there's high energy there was it almost sounded like supergrass at some point you know like there's there was some Green Day in there. Oh, yeah. The delivery is so Green Day. Yeah. But again, I don't know if that's like ingrained in my head because I've been listening to Green Day nonstop for the last three uh, weeks. Okay. Oh, no, uh, not by choice. A little bit oh, by choice, on. but not he really. Listen, that album was good. good. <laughs> I get, you know, like I, I love a short, fast punk song is a good one, and they're all short and they yep. all meet the demands or less of radio. It's it's great pop punk. Yep. And I would honestly, I would legit love this album if it wasn't for the fact that the, I'm tired of time. I'm like, oh, which Green Day song is this? Oh, which Ramones song is this? Is this super great? Like, <laughs> if. What what's they need to get someone in their band that can write an original, and then they'd be just screaming into the top charts, you know? Like they would, they'd know what they're doing. It's just stop listening to the Ramones and start listening to yourselves, you okay. know? Yep. Uh, so you should point out that the band members' names are Billy Jeans, who plays guitar, Junior Jeans, who plays bass, and Houndy on. Uh, Drums. <laughs> yeah. Do they have a sponsorship from Levi's? Because they, they, yeah, should. they should. And they're from uh, Portland, Oregon, which is a very cool city. Okay. Well, I would just say, Marty, it, it felt like cut copy paste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. but like, I don't really go for pop punk, although I was enthralled by uh, Veronica's review of Green Day last time I was on the show. Uh, <laughs> but it felt it felt like just every song right. was the same. Uh, and mm. look, I'm sure there's a market for this. And maybe if you've got uh, blue hair and 17 piercings in your face and you've been kicked out of home, uh, that, that that might be you. Uh, but it was it not was me and I left. Oh, I'm sorry, Veronica. I withdrawn retract that comment. Sorry. It's so funny. No, because it's so true. That's why I'm laughing. It's so funny. It's so accurate. Uh, but, but it was it was for, for for me listening to this, it was just skip, skip, skip. Yeah, I'm done. I didn't I didn't need to hear it. Okay. Anymore. All right. So it's not an overwhelming uh, week for new music this week. I, although the, there are two releases that we no. didn't review that are coming out on Friday called one by Chelsea Wolf. And one by Brittany Howard. I'm going to review so that on the podcast. I think we're going to deal at least week. with one of them next week. So stay tuned for that. But we got to get the tracks first. And they just came in. So it's uh, it, the holiday didn't help us all. Why, I blame it on Why Tangy Day. So, uh, and speaking of, uh, sorry. So did any of you, we discussed the Grammys last week. Did anybody watch them? You know I was watching them, Marty. Hello. Firstly, fashion this year is a mess. Like, I'm not going to get into that. Why is everyone dressing like they're going for a wedding? Hello. Anyway, I feel like, because I feel like I have full autonomy to talk about this woman. Why did Taylor Swift win album of the year? That was so, I mean, it was so, I, and then she brought up Lana on stage who lost album of the year to be like, oh, blah, blah. And poor Lana. It's like, she's just standing there, like obviously looking like she doesn't want to cry. I, that, yeah. I feel like that should have gone to either Lana or Olivia yep. because 
it, it, again, it's just like it's so predictable <laughs> to me. Um, yay, good for her for albums of the year. Slay, uh, Billie Eilish definitely deserved song of the year. I completely concur. Um, again, how did Taylor not acknowledge the queen that is Celine Dion? I had a lot of questions. I love Jay Z. How he was like, a lot of you are going to feel robbed. A lot of you will be robbed. And and um, what else did he say? And and a lot of you don't deserve even to be in this category. And I was like. I want to know who you're talking about. But, yeah, it was very entertaining. Was he going Kanye on it? On I was going to say, that's, uh, <laughs> that's close. And, and, I mean, let's get real. Beyonce should have been nominated for the Lemonade. Agree. You know, like just, Agree. Yeah. I can see why there's bitter, bitterness from that quarter because they're, they're really should be, but the, the whole thing. The, the, I was just gonna say the whole the whole thing was entirely predictable. Like you put Taylor Swift yep. up for any award and she wins. And and I mean I don't want to trawl over the territory I went over last time I ranted about the Grammys. But what I what I would say is that it felt like a, a from what I saw it felt like a giant commercial right. for Taylor Swift. Okay, it really did. And and when yeah, she got up on so. when she got up on stage and she said I want to make an announcement. I've got a new album coming in April. It's like <laughs> come on, you're just grandstanding now, honey. That's all you're doing. You're, you're just grandstanding. You know, get get back in your seat. Take your millions of dollars. You know, let's get some let's billions, get, billions, billions, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. You know, billion. get on your private Too plane, much. fly to Tokyo, do that show, come back for the Super Bowl, do all that stuff. You don't need an award to emphasize how successful you are in the industry. All right. What about Johnny Mitchell? Well, that, you could just did, take a plane did, for. Did we see Johnny? Take Mitchell? a plane for twenty eight miles I, to I, see your boyfriend. I saw. I saw Joni. Good point about Joni, Marty. I saw Joni. I was concerned that I, I, she did not look particularly well. Well, you know, uh, her, I, she looked well considering what she's been through. Agreed. Agreed. Um, she she mm. sounded okay. I mean, I don't want to be the angel of death with Joni, but I feel like she may not have too much longer. To well, go you know what happened and, to her, right? Uh, re- remind me. I so don't. she had an, uh, I think it was a brain aneurysm or something That's like right, that yeah. about seven years ago. She couldn't yeah. speak. She couldn't oh. sing. She couldn't move. Everybody thought it was the end of her then. No way did anyone ever think that they would ever hear her sing again. And she's fought back from that to Whoa. be able to do what she did last night. So, mm. and she won her game. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so good on her. And her singing uh, both sides now in that voice that she has now is fairly moving. So I, I thought that was Wow, Andrew. I wondered if she'd been through something, you know, not not trying to be awful, but uh, how old I'm, is she I'm now? A huge she's Mitchell fan. Yeah, there we go. I mean, like she's, she's, she's what a queen. Yeah, absolutely. She she's oh, she's in the latest stages of her amazing. life, and it was the so. first time she performed on the Grammys, and she's been making records since like 1968. So, an amazing record. They keep robbing people, Marty. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. Maybe she'll get together with Taylor. Oh, that's you know what I feel like that's that's the shortcut way into like get, getting super successful. Like I've noticed that in a new album she got a collab with Post Malone. Right. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm shotgunning reviewing that as right. well. Obviously, you know. And, but Andrew, do you do you have any? Did you watch any of it? No, no, I didn't. Um, yesterday I was at Waitangi Celebration in Pars Park listening to Peter Garrett. Oh yeah, because that that was awesome. a, I I was thinking of going there, but I saw the pictures of the traffic. And I stayed away. <laughs> yeah. Was it good? Uh, I took my I took my mum, and she's got a mobility pass, so we we nice we one. had a big family day, and we tend to we tend to go Aww. go hard on Waitangi Day because especially with this government washing Tareo and trying to get rid of the treaty, That's we're right. like, hang on, yep, good we're, we're all learning Tareo to spite them. And how was Peter Garrett? <laughs> what did he do? I mean, he did what he does, which is um, a bit of politics and a lot of music. You know, he he's he's 
been actively anti-racist since well before it was fashionable for white people. And um, he's working with Indigenous people in Australia and part of the government there now, which is, I think, an improvement on some of the god-awful people that they've got. Um, Not that we can talk at the minute. But, um, yeah, he was talking about Indigenous rights here and had a bit of a rant about National as well. Um, And, yeah, sung the songs that we recognise from Midnight Oil. Because I saw Midnight Oil like about a year ago at the Spark Arena. I, I couldn't yeah. believe the energy that that man has on stage, and he's for sure Was he's no youngster these days, and he's a big no, but he's still he's gangly, a, skeletal Peter Garrett, you know, know, flailing around singing a song, and and he he has this he does have this high energy, but also the it's all still relevant, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. it's like I, I remember years I, later, his environmental music is still is more relevant yeah, than ever. Yeah. Beds of Burning was a massive hit for him when I was maybe right. late teens, yep. early early twenties. And and thinking about it recently, when I saw that he was performing at that event yesterday, Andrew, it it did make me realise exactly what you've said. This man's music and his commentary are still incredibly relevant, possibly even more relevant now. You know, particularly if you think about you know some of the situations in his homeland in Australia, where climate change is really starting to bite them now. And you've got the recent referendum with the Voice, with giving um, you know uh, Indigenous Australians, Torres Strait Islanders. Um, a voice oh in Parliament, God. and they voted that God. down. And all of these things are what artists like Peter Garrett have been going on about for for a long time. And, and I can I can name a few other artists across a number of genres who give me the same energy. Uh, I think Marty, you would agree that Neil Young has done a lot of political music in his time. That oh, yeah. has commentated heavily on social issues. Uh, KRS One, one of my favourite hip hop artists, has frequently talked about American politics, American uh, American government, uh, economic situation. Um, you know, Green Day does re- the same. Re- re- <laughs> almost all reggae music, yeah. you know, is yeah. certainly the good stuff. Yep. Is is dripping with social commentary and political consciousness. So yeah, got a lot of respect for Peter Peter Garrett. Um, never seen Midnight Oil perform. Don't own. Oh. Their records, but uh, the man's the man is a titan. Well, so. now sounds, I, I didn't know what I was going to finish the show with, but now I know we got to we got to go out with beds are burning, obviously. So yeah. That, that, yeah. you can't beat that. So, uh, guys, thank you uh, for taking part in this little musical feast today. The albums weren't uh, all one hundred percent top chop chart toppers but definitely stuff to check out and so hopefully we'll see you guys again next week or the week after or whenever you return thank you for taking part in sound thinking how can we